Football's fun? You think football is fun? Yes, no. No? Certain, uh... Well, it was fun. Not anymore, though, is it? Is it? No, not by now. No, no, it's not fun anymore. No. Not even a little bit. Zero fun, sir. All right. Coach Boone's school board made the decision to put you on my staff. I did not hire you. Well, I came up here to coach you. I didn't ask to be assigned to your staff, so I guess we're both in a situation we don't want to be in. If the game will play like that, we'll lose every game. But I can guarantee you this, coach. I come to win. We will be perfect. In every aspect of the game. Still weak on the left side. We're not weak on the left side. It's not the problem. What is the problem? I don't need you up on my face. I don't, on the- I don't care if you like each other or not, but you will respect each other. It's two guys talking sports movies again. He's Bobby Hensley. I'm Sean Styers. It's been a little while since we've been in the studio together. Yeah, it's been nice not seeing you. <laughs> Good to see you as no, always, I mean, Bobby. Great, great to be here. You oh, don't lose great. a thing, do you? <laughs> no, I'm just happier now than I was before. That's right. So our movie this week, we're continuing the football theme. Remember the Titans came out in 2000. And man, if you want to feel old, think about the fact that this movie came out in 2000. It's been out there for a while now. Even you can feel old about this. Well, yeah, and I looked up some of the other movies that came out in 2000. And Gladiator, Almost Famous. Man. Oh, Brother, Where Art Thou? Castaway all came out that same year. Not a bad list. I think this is one of the better movies of that list that you just rattled off, though. Yeah. I've, I, I think I've seen most of those. I looked up a bunch of top ten lists, and it was weird that Remember the Titans wasn't on any of them. Really? Yeah. That's interesting, because I think, and especially in 2000, if we were doing a, a list of the best football movies back then, I think for a lot of people, Remember the Titans was probably at least top five, pretty high on the list. Well, it was number one on my list. Yeah. Even now. That's very true. And I can't remember exactly where mine showed up when we did our top ten list, though. It was in the the top ten. I think it was seven. Yeah, I think it was mid in the middle there. Yeah. Someplace. It might have been a little. Actually, it might have been third, for that matter. Oh. Because I think you had Friday Night Lights seventh. I had Friday Night Lights number one. And, of course, we just did... Friday Night Lights. Good football movie based on a true story. Friday Night Lights, of course. A lot of these that we've done, actually all of the three specific football movies. Based on a true story. Based on a true story. Friday Night Lights and then Remember the Titans. Exactly. And there, we have some of the stuff separating truth from Hollywood. Right. Which we do all the time. But I think when we talk about favorite football movies, it, it was definitely my favorite football movie until Friday Night Lights came out four years later. 2004, directed by a guy named, and I'm probably going to butcher his name, Boaz Boaz Yakin, and this is really the biggest movie he's ever done. It's kind of odd when you look at this. He's only directed nine other movies, none of them nearly as memorable as this, but there's a big contrast the way this movie is made compared to the way Peter Berg made Friday Night Lights. We talked about the reality, the realism, and all that stuff with Friday Night Lights. This was co-produced by Disney and Jerry Bruckheimer, and you can definitely see the Disney in it. Yes, the the (laughs) Disney thumbprints. The Disney effect. Remember the Titans. Yeah, Yakin actually didn't know anything about football when he started to direct this movie, so they had to stop filming at the beginning and let him go to a football camp for a couple weeks. That seems odd that you would entrust this kind of movie with a big-name star like Denzel Washington. That right. you would entrust this kind of movie with a guy who knows nothing about football? Who hasn't even watched it before? And it, it surprises me that you say that because when you watch it, I there's there's good reality, I think, in the football scenes. We've talked about that, with like especially but, with Friday Night Lights. I, I, I buy the realism of it. It just seems like if Disney's going to make a football movie, it would be with people that know 
they could get this stuff right. But yeah. well, and like when you look at the difference between this and Friday Night Lights, again, the, the, there's more realism with Peter Berg's movie than than with this one. But you also have, I think, a lot more. Even though they were younger, you have more polished actors, right? In the in the in the main roles than you did with Friday Night Lights. Friday Night Lights was definitely more raw. Yeah, and this one, part of it, I think, too, is the way that the structured some of the scenes and Friday Night Lights the music was a little bit slower like it was intense but it was almost quieter mm-hmm. there's more pauses whereas it's this movie kind of that guitar that undertones right. of the guitar that the, yeah we're now this is the classic you've got more symphonic big kind of sounds from the orchestra and that kind of well stuff. they had some songs from the 70s that were very popular at the time playing oh that's true too that's montages. true too yeah with the, th- that's true I forgot about that how they use kind of some of those those classic ones, and that actually becomes a thing in the locker room where they're think, singing some of that old Motown stuff and mm-hmm. and all that kind of stuff. I've forgotten about that. They did have one song from this movie called Titan Spirit, and it's uh, been used in a lot of different places, all like different movies and stuff. Is that the one that they use when the when they change up the way they walk in the yep. stadium together? Yeah. Titan Spirit? Okay. Mm-hmm. And um, Barack Obama actually used it when he was running for president. The Titan Spirit? 2008. Did that not was, realize uh, that. What he'd have Crank playing before his... Uh, uh, his rallies or whatever. Okay, interesting. Didn't realize that. So again, this is made in 2000, based on a true story from 1971, and it it takes place for those who haven't seen it or just a refresher course. Suburban Virginia, and this is busing segregation. That's that's what the whole movie is about. You've got one black and one white high school. They're closed. Students are sent to T.C. Williams High School under a federal mandate. To integrate, and this season is seen through the eyes of the football team where the man hired to coach the black school is made head coach over the highly successful white coach. And, of course, Denzel Washington plays Herman Boone, and then Will Patton plays Bill Yost. So you've got really kind of a contrast there even in how this is cast where you've got the big-name guy, biggest name of the whole thing is Denzel Washington. Will Patton. Good character actor. <laughs> Hasn't done necessarily a whole lot. Really, the only thing I knew him from before this is Armageddon, which came out a few years before that. He's in Armageddon. He was in The Postman in 97. See, I don't even know if I saw The Postman. And then he was in Gone in 60 Seconds, which came out the same year as, remember, The Titans. Okay. So he had a good 2000. Yeah, he did. Those are two pretty big movies. Yeah. In Armageddon, he was uh, one of the one of the guys who goes up to blow up the meteorite with... Ben Affleck, the rogue meteorites. <laughs> but 107 acting credits. He's done a whole lot of stuff. Yeah, and then um, he was in Gone in 60 Seconds. They made him look like he was an older guy. So I didn't recognize or connect that that was actually him. That's true. It's been a while since I've seen that. So yeah. I, my, my memory is stretched a little bit. I think I, the last time I probably saw Gone in 60 Seconds was 2000. Was after, it was yeah. in 2000 after it came out. But the, I mean, the other biggest name besides Denzel is probably Hayden Panettiere. And she was a no name. At that point, because Playing the she, daughter. Was, she was the daughter, yeah, because she's like nine, ten years old. She plays Cheryl Yost. I mean, she's done Heroes, which was a huge hit on NBC a few years ago, and then Nashville as well. Kate Bosworth. I mean, I yep. guess, yeah, and I forgot about Ryan Gosling, man. Yep. But but again, these are this is like the early stages of their career. None of these. Yeah, I looked up uh, Kate Bosworth and Ryan Gosling, and I was kind of surprised they hadn't done much before because now I hear their name, I'm like, oh yeah, they're Remember the Titans, but I didn't realize that was their beginning. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, 
Wood, Wood Harris plays Julius Campbell. Yeah, he's he's a name, but not a big name. I mean, yeah, Ryan Hurst. The he, biggest thing I know him from is the Mel Gibson "We Were Soldiers" with the Vietnam. He was also movie. in uh, Sons of Anarchy. He's one of the. Ah, see, I didn't. That's, that's he's a big character in that. He had a big, huge beard. You wouldn't even recognize him. Ryan Gosling. Of course, this is four years before he did the Notebook. One of your Rachel favorite McAdams. movies, but yeah, I mean, I guess. So I do kind of. I'll, I'll have to backtrack on that because Ryan Gosling has become a lot bigger. I mean, he did save jazz, as he would tell you, if you remember. Uh, <laughs> okay, never mind. So, uh, notebook. Ethan was- Soupley <laughs> played Louis Lastek, the big offensive lineman. He was in My Name Is Earl. Did you ever watch that? Yeah. Didn't he have a role, a recurring role in the Boy Meets World back in the day too? He might have. He might have. Or his dad was Vader. Yeah. The wrestler Vader. But, I mean, as far as Kate Bosworth, this is just her third credit, the second movie. The Horse Whisperer was her first movie, so she hadn't done much. And, of course, she plays the girlfriend of Gary Bertier, who's kind of on the fence. With the one the that's segregation. slower with the changes. Yes, exactly. And that was before she did uh, Blue Crush in 2002. Another one of your that's favorite right. movies. <laughs> I do remember Blue Crush coming out. <laughs> yeah. I do remember that. But, I mean, so... I, the whole movie, as we said, this is this is all about racial segregation and 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 how these two two coaches. I mean, you've got two head coaches who are forced to come together, and the black head coach, the Denzel Washington char- character, gets to become the head coach, and and then the Yost character, who's potential Hall of Fame guy already in his career, is forced to take a coordinator role working. For another coach, if he wants to keep his job at least for that year, anyway, just coaching the defense, not even right. like yeah, defensive yeah. coordinator, defensive yeah. coordinator. So according to uh, some of the some of the truth or Hollywood stuff, according to Herman Boone, in an article published on ESPN, he really did integrate the buses before they left for camp. He said, "I forced them on each other. I forced them to learn each other's culture. I forced them to be a part of each other's lives." And I mean, this is. This is like you and I grew up in a time I was in grade school in the 70s, but living in the Midwest in (laughs) Kansas. I mean, black, white, we were already integrated where we were. You obviously grew up in the the 80s and I guess predominantly the 90s. So it's, it's an afterthought really. For you, but this was going on in the early seventies. This is a real situation. Yeah, exactly. And that's again, it's a big part of this movie. I found it interesting in real life because we've talked in some of our other podcasts, whether it's especially Rudy. I mean, we 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 really spent a lot of time talking about (laughs) what really happened. And, And again, these are Hollywood movies. It's not a documentary. Bill Yost actually has four daughters, but in this movie. It's portrayed that he only has the one daughter, the Hayden Panettiere character. Because in real life... Yeah, unlike in well, the film, all four of the daughters actually lived with the mom. None of them actually lived with Coach. And the Cheryl Yost, the one that they kind of use, she actually... She narrates a little bit. But she passed away in real life at the age of 34, the mm-hmm. real daughter. So that's why the whole family was okay with them using one to symbolize all of them. And apparently she did actually attend most of the games and stuff like that. She was a little bit more into the football, it sounded like, than right. the rest of them were. So. Yeah, but he did have four kids. Yeah. Uh, tourists often went to the real T.C. Williams High School after the movie was released, and according to Sports Illustrated, they were very surprised 
that the real school doesn't look anything like the one in the movie. And I guess they were actually so they didn't to, film it at the same movie, yeah, the same school, yeah. That's it. Wasn't filmed in Alexandria. It was filmed in various locations in a different state, the state of Georgia. And again, like if you go back and compare it to to Friday Night Lights, they actually shot the stuff in Odessa, Texas, and right? Other parts of Texas, so. A big difference. But again, it's a movie. You expect. I'm surprised yeah. there is a T.C. Williams. They could have changed the name or whatever they wanted. And they really did go 13-0 and during the 1971 season, nine of those wins being shutouts. They won the state championship. And that was and the, one more little small thing I saw. Right. The state championship game is depicted as a night game. I guess they'd actually kicked off at noon. <laughs> well, and I Not guess that, that matters. But that the championship game in real life, they blew them out. They only had one close game, and it was actually like in the quarterfinals or semi-state. Ah, so you're saying they took dramatic license. I'm just saying if you're talking about no, what's real versus what's fake, I'm not, there's I'm not, some stuff. I'm not knocking you. I'm just saying sarcastically because of all of the pragmatists out there who want to nitpick on a lot of different stuff. Well, I just think that you set me up to sound I, like a jerk. I'm, not, That's I'm fine. never I setting can... you up to sound like a jerk, Bobby. Yeah. Maybe subconsciously you know. No, we won't even go there. Well, then, right. a couple other things real quick. Gary Bertier in real life, he didn't get in his car wreck till after the season, so yeah. he completed the season. And then um, Sunshine had already been in town and was actually friends and practicing with his rival, Rev, the quarterback. Hmm. They both were actually working out and throwing balls together over okay. the summer before, so he didn't just pull up at camp and like join the pick, squad. Yeah, yeah. With, the, with the dad, the colonel, showing up out there. Right. So he had already been there. That's it. That's all okay. I got. All right. Yeah, and and Bertier actually did die years later, but apparently it was due to being hit by another car. It was completely different. He lost control of his car, crashed into a utility pole. Mm-hmm. The cause was determined to be mechanical failure. He wasn't actually hit by another car. That's what I was. Right. That's what I meant to Motor say. Motor mount. Yeah, and so then after his surgery, a lot of his teammates, besides Julius Campbell, used the pretense of being immediate family to see him in the hospital. Yeah, can't so. you see that's my brother? Can't you see the family resemblance? <laughs> One of the lines from the movie. Exactly. All right, you want to get into some favorite lines? Sure, why don't you start? I don't have a lot. Oh, great. Because most of my favorite stuff is probably moments and scenes as opposed to lines, but I do have some lines. The one... One that I liked was uh, Coach Boone says to Coach Yost, I've never seen an assistant coach's name in the newspaper for losing a game. You remember when they were talking right. about who was going to do it? And it's it's, it's completely true. true. Having yeah. coached a little bit, uh, it's completely true. Everything starts and ends with the head coach. An assistant coach, as important as they are to the team, the head coach essentially has to be able to call the shots because ultimately – Everything starts and ends with him. Right. And how many times do you see a scenario where to keep his job, the coach has to fire all of his assistants? Yeah, exactly. Because they still want the head coach. That's exactly right. And the the assistant coaches don't have to deal with the grief. Like the uh, the scene where the dad comes and you know wants to talk to the, to the coaches. Now, I think Yost was in the office at that point. But, sure. I, I, I mean, for obvious reasons, I think, because it was essentially – a racial type issue, at least right, it was you know, a social with the coach. issue. But I mean, coaches have to deal with parental stuff well, all we, the time, and so. everything. It no matter, and I and I've seen this before as well. An assistant coach might say something, but it's going to be attributed to the head coach because the head coach is the head coach. Well, they're the chief of the team. I mean, the same thing happened in Friday Night Lights when the parent ran onto the field and started hitting their kid, and the camera shows Billy Bob Thornton. Yep, it's always the coach. 
And I mean, it's very true. Assistant coaches, I mean, they they tend to blend into the background. Well, again, the the head coach is always going to be the the guy out front. He's the guy. His face is uh, is and, on the program. And I'm agreeing with you 100. percent But also, when you come down to the high school level, it's even more so the case. Absolutely, that's absolutely right. Um, when Gary's, <laughs> I liked when Gary was on the phone. His girlfriend oh. uh, says that he that he. Loves her and and just going through. That. I guess that's not necessarily a line. But I'm I just, glad you I enjoyed that part. Yeah. You have a heart. That's good. <laughs> you constantly surprise me. Go ahead. Uh, the scene where he goes first. You smile. Then you're thinking. When they're at camp, or when they're in the gym, and he first meets the players, oh, and right, he's right, just right. smiling, talking right. about how he's going to play. He's like, first you smile, then you're thinking. Is football fun? I thought that was a fun line. Yeah, I thought that was good too. I like when he introduces himself and says, running back, the running back, y'all. A lot of my friends grew up using that line for whatever position they played. Really? Yeah. Like, the quarterback, the I receiver. I guess you can see that. Yeah. Uh, 5,280 feet in a I mile. Have, if you miss an assignment, you run a mile. Yeah. I have that one written down, too. Drop a ball, run a mile. Uh, I like that... Um, I wanted to get your opinion on this, because he talks about being perfect in this movie. There's a... I, I have that written down as well, and that was a big theme in Friday Night Lights, which, uh, uh, again, it came out four years later. So I'm wondering if they kind of maybe uh, sampled that line a little bit. But if you notice, at the halftime of this game, the championship game, the coach talks first, and he's like, you know, we're going to do the best we can. We're already winners, blah, mm-hmm. blah. And then the players start talking. They get amped up, and then they run out of the locker room. That's what I, my biggest complaint about Friday Night Lights was, and this movie nailed it. Because then you're excited. They did a great job sequencing it. Let's not get hung up on that. <laughs> uh, the Denzel Washington, Herman Boone character, the best player will play, color won't matter. Right. Because, again, race is a, is a big – I mean, that, that, that's the, the crux. That's what this whole movie is about, race and, and bringing these guys together. And I, and I think they do a good job. And I think that's maybe it was good that Disney – did this because I mean, like if you think if you decide to go more to the shade to the Peter Berg side of doing things, this would be very dark. Yeah, it'd be a lot darker, a lot more tense. Yeah, um, some of the humor they had in there was towards the end when uh, Louis comes up to the coach and he goes, "I'm eligible," and the coach says, "That's great, son, but I'm married." <laughs> I thought that was a funny line. Yeah. I like when Sunshine can't make the pitch, and they go, you can throw the ball a mile, but you can't pitch it. thought that was a funny line. Yeah. There were a lot of, like, little subtle ones in there. Yeah. A lot of good ones like that. You got any more? Um, just the Novocaine line. He's got six plays, runs them like Novocaine. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah. Which would the, Is that true? Would that be successful? Is that really how some offenses are, I six, guess? Well, I think so, because, I mean, it's a fairly basic – Run offense. to the left, run to the right, yeah, throw to I the mean, left, throw to it, the right. It was an option offense, and there's really nothing fancy about what you're doing in an option. You don't have to have a big playbook. I mean, you've really got one play. You can run it left. You can run it right. right flip it. Yeah, mm-hmm. there's a lot of that. I think so. Line right. it up. Can you stop us? Well, yeah, and that goes to the offensive line then too. But then you have Sunshine, who's this great throwing quarterback. So That was you wondered how much Sunshine was actually going to get to play because right. of the fact that it was an option. The wrong system. Yep. What about, do uh, you have any more lines? I don't. Well, let's go to scenes. Like I said, I didn't have a whole lot of lines to begin you, with. You did watch the movie, correct? I did. <laughs> I did. I promise you. I did. Go ahead. Let's let's start with your favorite scene. 
There's a lot of them. I think I like towards the end of the movie when um, he comes home before he goes to state and the whole uh, block is out there clapping for Coach Boone as he pulls in the driveway. I thought that was a nice little scene. I like the scene where they're running at Gettysburg. Yeah, I've got, I've got that one on mine as well. And he tells them 50,000 died fighting and we're still trying to figure out. We, you know, we're still fighting about all the same stuff. Yeah, that was pretty good. I've got a good, good poignant, again, dramatic Disney kind of scene and, and apparently the 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 number if you're going to be specific the, the number that died there wasn't exactly right but again you get the movie. point he you're going for point. the point it's yep. the point yeah <laughs> i mean my I, I think my favorite scene the one i would put at the top is coach yost when they're in i think it's the semifinal game when you've got the racist coach and the officials he goes right into it you blitz he pulls them all over after he goes to the official and says come on man i know what's going on out here you guys are I'll go to the newspaper and I'll go go down with you if I have to. Yeah. And then he pulls the guys over and he tells them, you blitz all night. And you make them remember the night that they played the tight. It's got to be one of my favorite sports movie scenes of all time. I still get goosebumps when I I watch that scene and I hear him go through that. I know all about it, Titus. What are you talking about, Bill? You call this game fair. I'll go to the papers. I don't care if I go down with you. But before God... I swear I'll see every last one of you thrown in jail. You dig your own grave. Defense on me! Okay, Petey, don't you drift to the strong side. Coach, they're calling a holding penalty on me every time. Did I ask for your excuses? You want to act like a star? You better give me a star effort, do you hear me? Forget about him! Alan! You're in! Come on! All right. Now... I don't want them to gain another yard. You blitz all night. And if they cross the line of scrimmage, I'm going to take every last one of you out. You make sure they remember forever the night they played the Titans. What? That's pretty iconic. I have that one written down, too. I think that's the best one in the movie. The most iconic one. Does it hold up against every other football movie? Is it better than Friday Night Lights, that speech he gives at halftime? Two different kinds because you've got one going on on the field. True. Where he's, because they've played up the tension between the two coaches for the whole time. And and one of my lines that I forgot was there's one in a game where Denzel Washington says, do you think Yost is trying to throw the game? Do you think he's trying to lose, uh, you know, do this? On purpose, so they whether it's just facial cues or other stuff, because whenever you see Denzel Washington being hard on these guys, and that gets brought up as well, where Denzel, his Herman Boone character, is being hard on these guys, and there's always Yost kind of there to to try to pat the guys on the back, and so you've got the softer touch from Yost and the harder touch by Boone, and Boone says at one point, "Look." I'm I'm a hard old cuss, but I'm like that with everybody. It's not just black guys or white, white guys. You don't have to keep coming behind me and 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 trying to undermine what I'm doing here. And so, and again, that's that's something that can go on too. You've got to have trust as a head coach. You've got to have trust in your assistants. And when you've got a guy on working on your staff who has been as successful as he <laughs> was, yeah, a potential Hall of Famer. I think that there's some natural distrust that's going to be there. One of the greatest parts of this movie is just the relationship between those two coaches. Mm-hmm. And like they keep getting close, and then something happens, and you see them go apart a little bit and close and far apart. And then the way the movie ends, spoiler alert, they <laughs> help each other out kind of. Right. Because he 
asks for Boone's help on defense, and Boone gives him some advice. And then the other way around, at the end of the game, that play, that reverse play, is something that Yost would have had, not Boone. So it's kind That's of right because there was a, the scene earlier where he said, "You know, I got some trick plays. If you want to want to think like, about time it, time for like, these kids to have fun." Yeah, exactly. I don't need any trick plays, but they end up. And it works. Whether or not that actually happened, I don't know. But well, they didn't play close game. They were actually the second best <laughs> team in true. the country, and they do mention that at the end of the movie. Yeah. So they were, they had a lot of talent on their team. Uh, I like the the when they are getting on the bus, and we mentioned that 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 really happened when they got on the bus and went to training camp. The Martin and Lewis, <laughs> Gary and Ray. Gary tries to tell the new coach, "Hey, this is how things are going to work. I'm the I'm the only American you have." And and Herman Boone, who's your daddy? <laughs> Who's your daddy, Gary? <laughs> I'm going to help you boys. I'm Gary Bertier, the only All-American you've got on this team. You want any of us to play for you, you reserve half the open positions for Hammond players. Half the offense, half the special teams. We don't need any of your people on defense. We're already set. Uh-huh. Don't need none of my people. Mm-hmm. What you say your name was uh, Jerry? Gary. No, you must have said Jerry like Lewis, which would make you Dean Martin, right? Ladies and gentlemen, i got an announcement to make. we got... Jerry Lewis and Dean Martin going to camp with us here this year. Jerry tells the jokes, Dean sings the songs, and gets the girl. Let's give him a round of applause. Where's your folks, Gary? Parents, are they here? Where are they? That's my mother. That's your mama? Mm-hmm. Very nice, I want you. Take a good look at her. Because once you get on that bus, you ain't got no mama no more. You got your brothers on the team, and you got your daddy. Now, you know who your daddy is, don't you? Gary, if you want to play on this football team, you answer me when I ask you, who is your daddy? Who's your daddy, Gary? Who's your daddy? You. Uh-huh. And whose team is this? Is this your team, or is this your daddy's team? Yours. Mm-hmm. Get on the bus. Put your jacket on first, and get on the bus. Uh, Dean, fix that tie, son. <laughs> but again, you see the cutaway shots of Yost kind of watching this as well. They close right, over up the, on him. Turn around so watching. See, yeah. Yeah, and then at camp when they start doing the, when they're starting to get together a little bit and they start doing yo mama jokes. Right. I thought that scene was pretty funny. Yep. Because they keep going back and forth from being mad and then realizing they're joking. And I just enjoyed that scene. Well, and I, I mean, again, the whole theme of this movie is is about race and bringing these guys together and I and I thought they did a a good job of sort of showing how they they did get together how he made them he basically bunked up a black guy and a white guy a, a white teammate and a black teammate at at training camp and I mean I, if they were really doing 2 to 3 weeks of training camp like that I mean that's a great way for these guys to get together I am skeptical on just how many guys cuz they they obviously only show the main characters because it it's still you it's you, still you, a deep roster. Of yeah, I mean, you are essentially who you are as you were brought up, and you and mm-hmm. even though Virginia is a little bit more northern part of the South, it's still the South. And just how many guys really were swayed by the whole thing, I don't know. But at least the main characters they they did a good job of showing that. But they they also did a, a good job of just sort of showing whether you're black, whether you're white, you're still a kid. You can still come together for this common goal. And whoever and obviously it worked play. out, right? They, yeah. It did work out, and they do a good job of showing how sports and, and specifically football can kind of 
help bring these guys together like that. The strong side, left side, Julius and Gary. Right. Again, this That's is kind one. of the first real time because you've got the two leaders of both sides. Gary is the leader of the essentially the white kids on the team. Julius is the leader of the uh, black kids on the team, and they kind of have had a a little come-to-Jesus moment earlier, and then Gary gets on a white teammate and says, hey, why don't you just do your job and block one time and see what happens? Yeah. And so then they go out, they make a play, and, and again, they come together with, with a little motivation mixed it, in there too. And even during that, they show some of the players watching them, some of the coaches as they're going left side, strong side. Right. <laughs> Let's play, fellas! Come on, the ball. Let's run it again. Uh, I like the part where Sunshine goes let, right after, right after Rev got hurt, and he's quarterback. He goes, let him through, don't block him. And right. Like, well, okay. And then he flips him over, and <laughs> then he goes. The coach says, "Come on, that was uh, r- unnecessary roughness." And the ref goes, "I'm not going to call that on a quarterback." Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, any other favorite scenes you've got on your list? Well, one last one that touched on the racial stuff was um, when the cop stops Julius as he's about to visit Gary for the first time. And he's in uh, the white neighborhood. Oh, right, right, right. And the cop rolls his window down and says, you guys played a great game last night. Keep that up. Yeah. Best events I've seen in 20 years. I thought that was nice. It's showing the whole town. You already got to the teams getting along. You're expecting kind of a racial profile type scene. Right. And then instead, it's a feel good that. moment. Yeah, exactly. All right. Anything new that you noticed that you didn't, that, that you noticed watching it this time that you didn't remember from before i think it's kind of weird because i don't think i've watched this movie in probably five six years maybe so seeing ryan hurst play gary Beartier, which i saw him in sons of anarchy and see him as a kid and ryan gosling because i didn't know who he was because i didn't i didn't follow the notebook as closely as you <laughs> but he was in drive and he was in la I didn't la land say i followed it i know the notebook is out there okay you're getting awfully defensive just because i know the notebook is out there doesn't mean that it that i'm a big fan of the notebook it's come o- on now it's okay if you are just that's a different podcast <laughs> right but uh no it's like la, la land and drive and seeing him as a kid i'm like i didn't even realize he was in this movie so that's about all i learned i've seen this movie a lot of times growing up though so did you learn anything new you know what do you think about Denzel? I think this movie was right in the middle of his like peak, wasn't it? Yeah, he did Training Day a year later. Mm-hmm. That was a big one. And John Q the year after that. John Q. He did The Hurricane, the 99. Ruben Carter movie a year before that. He got game a year before that. Yeah. So, I mean, he's this is, this is a really good fire. stretch. Yeah, yeah, Courage Under Fire. A really good stretch that he's in Crimson Tide going back to 1995, the Pelican Brief. Philadelphia. Philadelphia. You, going back, Malcolm X in 1992. He had a really good run. I mean, he's a run. good career. <laughs> I just... Whoa, you're going to say you don't like him? I just feel like Denzel is the same guy <laughs> in every movie. I feel like it's Denzel, and you just change the name of, the character. of whatever character he happens to play. I don't feel like there's a whole lot of range with Denzel Washington. I think some of the big actors are that way because that's why they're so successful is because they're, Maybe so. they're doing roles that fit them, so it's good casting. Like The Rock, he's one of the greatest movie stars right now. <laughs> he has had no range. But that's different. I mean, you're talking about an athlete, professional wrestler as well, 
turned actor. I mean, Denzel Washington was an actor from day one. So I think it's a little bit different when you're talking about even a comedian. Because he didn't come into this later in life. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. But But then he only accepts roles where he knows he'll succeed. That's true too, but it's, at the same time, I mean, he's done twenty-one roles, or he's done twenty—he's—he's he's done twenty-one movies since then. I do feel like, again, when you go back to this time, because the movie was made in two thousand, he did Training Day the year after that, and then you kind of start to look: Antoine Fisher, Man on Fire, Manchurian Candidate. Eh, John, it really kind of slows down. He—he he was up for an Academy Award a couple of years ago in Fences, and he was really mad. When he didn't win the Academy Award, because I, I think he feels like he's been snubbed right. a lot. So it's almost like, but again, some of those were, yeah. where's the real range in Denzel? I mean, he's a good actor. I, I'm not, you know, but I just feel like there's not a whole lot of range in what he does. And maybe it's what you said. Maybe he's just making the right choices and well, he finds. Stuff I mean, even fits. his coaching style has very little range. It's just six plays. Just give him that time. <laughs> That's right. No, and he was in American Gangster, and that was a great movie. And he was in. I don't think I've seen that. And he was in. John, so there was some. Again, I guess the range is kind of limited. But what do you expect? Like, what range? You want him to do a kids movie or a no, comedy? I'm not saying that because I mean, what's the limitation? Manchurian for? Candidate. Yeah. In any case, so does this movie hold up? I think so. I think I don't think we've actually watched a movie and said it hasn't held up. But you're, you're probably right. I mean, there are some things when you do a movie based on a true story. There's a reason why that story's worth telling in a movie because yeah. it's going to hold up. And maybe maybe it's like that more with sports movies. Maybe they do hold up better just because of the fact that it's sports and, and what you're saying. They're we're, they're basing these on true stories, right? Because a lot of these, even like the whole story, has some truth to it. But like little scenes, little Easter eggs throughout it are actually based on little things that happen in real life. Yeah, and we know that it's set in 1971, so we don't have to worry about you know whatever fashions or whatever. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's it's that period. We don't have to worry about it. But, but again, I mean, we're we're watching it now at a time where, unfortunately, there are still a lot of highly publicized racial things going on. So even though this movie was done almost 20 years ago now, mm-hmm. and it's based on something that happened almost 50 years ago, there are a lot of things. If you – we just watched this, mm-hmm. what, a week ago right. when we were getting ready – to do this, and you can watch this, and there are some things that it'll sit and make you think about, just about how things are still in our country right now. Yeah, and how little things have changed in some ways. Yep, exactly. Especially in football. The one thing, though, the water is for cowards. <laughs> yeah. Do you remember that during training camp? Right. You couldn't even remotely get away with that now because of the whole you, right. heat, oh, heat definitely. stroke. There's heat stroke training the coaches are taking. I mean, back then, and even... In the 80s, when I was playing high school football, water was thought of for the week. Water was thought of as for the week. Yeah. Did you ever watch the movie, was it Junction Gang or something? With, um, it's about Bear Bryant. He took over Texas A&M. I remember hearing about that. And he had some camp that was incredibly tough. And he said, whoever survives this camp will be champions or something. Yeah. And like they were down to like 18 kids. Kind of reminded me that feel almost. You can't do that kind of stuff now. No. Not even close. You can't even like, yeah. Although like they, it's it's interesting, there was a a piece that I saw on HBO Real Sports recently, just having to do with heat stroke and stuff like that, where a lot of these high schools could avoid a lot of these tragedies if they just had a a big ice bath 
ready to go as a standby while they're practicing, but most of them don't do it. The schools, the the state organizations won't hold them to a standard that says you have to have an ice bath there just to get Which is crazy. Which I, it is. It's because it's it's literally like a you know a hundred pound bucket. Then throw some ice and some water in it. Saves and, a life. And you could literally just save a life just by having it ready to go. Anything that really bugs you in this movie? I was trying to find something. Ah, I I thought Coach Boone's halftime speech was pretty weak, but. <laughs> <laughs> and then, Is it because of Denzel? He's no Billy Bob Thornton. I mean, Billy Bob. Yeah, you can his say what you want about huge. Billy Bob. Well, I mean, he went from uh-huh to playing a high school coach and and – like, have you ever seen the movie Bandits with Bruce Willis? No, I've those missed- three roles right there. There's a ton of range that I've never yeah, seen from Denzel. He's in one of the greatest Christmas movies, and there you've got that bad Santa. I mean, oh, come on, God, no. So, do you enjoy the movie, or your opinion changed at all? Uh, it did not, but I want to get to to something that oh, bugged me. Okay, first because I do have something that bugged me, and this goes back to something that you've talked about before. I'm surprised you didn't say it. <laughs> I mean, most of the actors are in their mid twenties, and they're playing. 16, 17, 18-year-olds. Wood Harris, the the Julius character, is 30 years old when he films this. you got to let that go. Oh, because Derek Luke being 31 when he was Booby Miles four years later, I don't think you let that go. Yeah, I did. You did? I, yeah, I think... Well, See, I thought Derek Luke would have been a better... He should. He would have been that's younger. That's your recasting? <laughs> yeah, that's, that's part of my recasting. Uh, no, I, I'm fine with it because like a, most... It's Hollywood... They're portraying younger people. It's fine. Being the, that this was a Disney movie, Sun, Sunshine Kissing Gary that in the locker room, you? it surprised me. And it's I, 1971, and I think the reaction in 1971 for someone who just showed up, supposedly, and again, you've, you've already said that that didn't really happen, but still, he was a new guy. Right. I think the reaction in 1971 would have been a lot different than just a – a look of disbelief from all the guys around. I think there probably would have been a fist fight that broke out, I and, so and a lot of you, other you know stuff that would have been said. You bring that up, I forgot that happened. I, that's something I would have forgotten from previous viewings of this movie. Yeah, but yeah, that would have gone over a little bit. Different. And then, he, like, he, would he have fit in as well? Even he would have made it hard on himself back in 1971. That's what I'm saying. Like now, it's a lot different because even in 1991. You know, as far as you're in, you're out, and stuff like that, and how things were portrayed even in Hollywood was a lot different than what we're talking about right now. Right. So, um, any casting changes you would have made? <laughs> you're going to say Denzel, huh? No, I, I don't mind Denzel. I'm just saying the thing that struck me when watching it is there's not a whole lot of range same to what Denzel has done. Yeah, because like, I can go back to... Crimson Tide, which he did with Gene Hackman, the movie about the submarine guys, and it's largely the same guy. It's not about Alabama football? Playing the football coach. <laughs> um, Will Patton, well, I think he's great. I think that role could easily be recasted to a bunch of different people. Kevin Costner comes up a lot. I think he would have been a good one. That would have been interesting to have Kevin Costner in a football movie since he had done already all Two. three of his baseball oh, yeah, movies three, at yeah. that point. Right, because switched to football. Because mm-hmm. he hadn't done um, draft day. Yet that was still several years off before he did that. That would have been really interesting, I think. I don't know why. I think it's because I've seen so many baseball movies with him that anytime I see a movie, I'm like, oh, Costner would have been good in that. Yeah, for sports movies, just put Billy Bob, Tom in there. Hanks, Tom Hanks. 
You just roll from a league of their own back in there. Uh, like I said, Derek Luke for Wood Harris in the Julius yep. character because he would have been like four years younger because Derek Luke was, what, 30 or 31 in, in so 2004 he, when he did it. So he's like 26. four years younger yep. than Wood Harris. So Lou Gossett Jr. maybe instead of Denzel. He was still relatively a big name back then. I think Denzel gave us a lot of star power too. I think Lou Gossett would have though too because he was – now you have to go back to – to uh, the 1980s, really, for Lou Gossett Jr. But still, I think that, that he would have had an officer and a gentleman. Do you remember that? Yeah. With, that was an with old Richard one. Richard Gere. Yeah. yeah, I mean, but but still, I think he had enough. There was enough name cachet. But you're probably right. I think the fact that it's Disney, the fact that Denzel really was still at, at, his, peak. His, at his peak, I think that having him really did add a lot to this movie. Yeah, I, it's easy to, at that time in the year 2000, it's really easy to promote a movie with Denzel Washington. Yeah, that's exactly right. I mean, you could have had The Rock be the coach. That would have been a good. Anything else? <laughs> We've kind of zipped through a lot of our stuff. Um, Ryan Gosling, La La Land, What's wrong Save with Jazz. It's, I'll have to go watch that one. <laughs> I think Ryan Gosling did Saturday Night Live a couple years ago when La La Land was, was out, big. and that's... That was kind of the running joke through his opening monologue was, I'm the guy who saved jazz. So that's And you're the guy that still watches SNL. I am. I mean, you work for the station. It's on late at puts night. puts SNL on. Sometimes, you know, a guy go to bed early. I've got this invention. But what I kind? wish I had invented it. It's called the DVR. You know, so, what? so I can watch it the next day or I, whenever I want. Yeah, it's not as funny when you're watching it in the morning. You know what you and I need to do? We need to sit down and make a list of movies we've actually both watched. Because I feel like... That would be good. I feel like our Venn diagram of our movie watching, there's not much in the middle. I don't feel like it's going to match up very well. (laughs) Yeah, which makes this a lot of fun. Where where do you put this in terms of... Where do you put Remember the Titans in terms of your all-time favorite sports movies? It's definitely in the top five. It's my favorite football, so I'd probably put it number three. Again, I think I've got it... My number three for football. for football movies, I would say Bull Durham, Field of Dreams. I would both have ahead of it. I have Friday Night Lights ahead of it. So now we're talking four. Yeah, I would say probably top four, top five. You would put this ahead of Caddyshack? That's tough because – They're different. I yeah, get it. but So much different. Yeah, I definitely – I think so, though. That, well, nah, nah, nah. That, that's <laughs> splitting hairs, but I might, I might put Caddyshack slightly ahead. Put Caddyshack at number four. Put Remember the Titans at number five. Yeah. I have Jerry Maguire number one. <laughs> and then I have For Love of the Game number two. And then this number three. What, should it ever be remade? No. I don't think, you, I don't think this kind of movie needs to be you remade. Need to. And what do you, you would tell the exact same story? Could they or should they have done something similar to what Friday Night Lights did with a series? Could you make this a series? Oh, I think absolutely you could. Because there's a lot of things that have, I mean, just like the training camp, that could last two to three series on its own right there. Some of the, it depends. Or two, two to three, se- two right. to three episodes. They, um, like if you're watching something on HBO or Showtime, it's 10 episodes. If you're watching it on network TV, it's like 25, 27 episodes. Mm-hmm. And that's why I think Friday Night Lights almost, they started to run out of material because you can only stretch out the football season for so long. Well, and that's what made Friday Night Lights so good is just that, 
when you're talking, one, you've just got the family relationship, then you've got the football relationships and what's going on with the football team, and then you start spreading it out to all these different characters. I, I think sports is essentially made for TV, and I'm surprised with a lot of the streaming services now that they haven't done something more with a with a sports theme, whether it's football. Like a fictional thing. There's yeah. plenty of documentaries out there. You can't go on, well, at least suggested viewing on my Netflix is always all these different football documentaries that I haven't watched. Well, I'm like when you go back, we've ta- we've c- kind of touched on this before, Friday Night Lights, when they made it into a TV series. It was only on NBC for what? Was it just the first season, or did they do a second season? I think do you they remember? D- they did two for sure, and yeah. then I think that like one season they released on like some off-brand channel on DirecTV. Well, yeah, it was like the DirecTV audience network but or something like that. But then they like did that, air that season that fall again on NBC. Yeah, but... but- DirecTV got it first, right, and then it went on NBC. But that was really before the the boom of Netflix, right? To where like Netflix now, would you would think would be all over something like that? Yeah, and Friday Lights did really well for NBC, but then it fizzled out and became a cult classic almost, mm-hmm. and that's what brought it back to the audience channel. Yep. Yeah. All right. Anything else? Did your opinion change? Uh, I don't think so. Still solid with it. Thought it was a good movie. Solid. What is solid to you? 7 out of 10? 8 out of 10? Uh, I'd probably give it an 8. I'd give it a 9. Would you? Yeah. Well, it is your number one football movie, so I would expect you to give it a higher rate. Right, but, but nothing's perfect, so it can't be a 10. <laughs> Especially in Bobby Hensley world, there will never be perfect. I feel like you're making fun of me again. Just stick to the movie, because Sean. Because you've We're here never to movies. fired a shot across my bow. No. Is that what you're telling me? I just me? deal with facts with you. That's, I mean, don't we all? Yeah. I've heard somebody else say that before, too, so that's not very original, Bobby. <laughs> Never is. <laughs> all right, I don't know what we're doing next. Replacements? You want to do replacements next? We can do replacements. Okay. I, I know it's one of your favorites. It it's was in on your the top list. ten. It's not in mine. I haven't seen it in I don't know how long, so this would be good for me to go back, watch a movie it's a that good, I haven't seen. Maybe I'll have a different perspective. It's a good Saturday afternoon movie when you're not watching anything. It's like, oh, The Replacements is on. And then you can sit down and watch it. I actually DVR'd it recently. Yeah? So. From a Saturday afternoon when it was on TBS or something? It was probably on 1130 on a Saturday night. Well, that's when Saturday Night Live's on. you got to watch that. <laughs> that's right. He's Bobby Hensley. I'm Sean Styers. Two guys talking sports movies. We'll talk to you next time.